0: Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Dr. Louise, and I'm the founder and CEO of Empowerment Through Thoughts. I help the survivors of narcissistic abuse be confident, reclaim their identity, and move forward from the chaos of the past. Now, I want to remind you, I still have, through the end of 2022, a few spots open to do one-on-one work with folks. So, if you are thinking, maybe as we head here into the holiday season, if you are thinking it might be a good time for you to get some support so that you don't have to face the chaos of... Um, perhaps some toxic filled holidays on your own, I am here and available for now. So if you're interested in that, please shoot me an email. It's Dr. Louise at empowermentthroughthought.com and I'd be happy to schedule a complimentary discovery call with you. Now for today's episode, what I want to talk about is, um, this is kind of a new idea that's been bouncing around and so I'm going to I'm going to try it out here. I want to see what you guys think about it. And that is the concept of radical curiosity. Okay. So in this episode, we're going to talk about why you need radical curiosity as a survivor of toxic people. Now, radical curiosity, you probably, you probably have some sense, right? Of what that means. You kind of know what curiosity is, right? It's, Um, it's that thing we do when we ask a bunch of questions, right? We want to know about, uh, you know, how does this work? What does this look like? Um, why is this important? Why do we need this now? Like, you know, why is it that color, right? When we're in that, that inquisitive mood and we've got a bunch of questions to ask, that's when we are being curious. Now, of course, there's a way you can be curious. It's kind of aggressive, (laughs) right? That's why this is going to be a radical curiosity, not aggressive curiosity. So if you ever heard of someone like giving you the third degree, now I know some some toxic people actually do this um, to uh, the people in their inner circle. So, you know, you might you might be feeling some feelings about that. Like, oh, I don't like it when people ask me a lot of questions. Like, I feel like I'm being put on the spot, right? That's when somebody is like sat you down and is grilling you, right? It's like, what about this? What about this? Why did you do that? How come you did this? Right? There's an edginess to that kind of curiosity, right? There's like, there's some accusatory energy in that kind of curiosity. So when I'm talking about curiosity today, I'm talking about that, that first kind, that kind where we're kind of gentle. We're just curious. We just want to know, right? Maybe you can think about like how a, a child, right? Um, Kids at a certain age, they get really curious about the world around them. They want to know why the grass is green and why is the sky blue and why do we drive cars and, you know, what's a what's a bicycle? Why are bicycles cool? You know, like, you just want to ask all of these questions. And, you know, that is actually a deeply philosophic tendency. I actually tend to think uh, kids, especially kids before they reach high school. So elementary school into some of middle school. Um, those kids tend to be like the best philosophers. Actually, that might surprise you when you think of a philosopher, you're probably not thinking of like a 10 year old, um, or, you know, an eight year old or even younger. Right. But there's a kind of, um, lovely, innocent curiosity that I think kids really have that really does, um, capture some of the core things about what we're doing in philosophy. Now, this idea that I'm proposing here of radical curiosity, I want to bring it into the context of um, the survivors of narcissistic abuse, right? So when we are dealing with a toxic person, right, um, our natural sense of curiosity is usually pretty much destroyed. We don't have time, space, energy, Like we're not thinking about why is the grass green? We're thinking about how can I get through today and not have another blow up, right? So we tend to really actually distance ourselves from this natural curiosity thing. And instead of having any of that in our lives, what we tend to fill our space with is judgment, right? This is good. This is bad. I like this. I should be like this. I should not be like that. Those are all judgments, right? In that space, in the judgment space, we've moved beyond the place where we were kind of just wondering like, oh, how does that work? What's that like? Why did you do that? Right? We have moved away from that kind of like innocent, just trying to get information, just kind of exploring to now having a conclusion, right? That was good or that was bad. Those are judgments. Now, when you're dealing with toxic people, if you've you've lived with toxic people, if you've interacted extensively with toxic people, you probably have lived in a space where judgments are constantly thrown at you, right? Usually toxic people um, will make themselves feel good by telling you about why you're a piece of crap, right? Telling you, you did this wrong, right? You you shouldn't put the groceries away like that. This is how you need to load the dishwasher. Why are you so bad at this, right? Like we could go on and on, right? Toxic people are like judgment machines, okay? They're just constantly issuing judgments and they're typically not well-informed judgments, right? They're typically judgments that are coming from the core insecurity that that person has, the toxic person has, those judgments are typically not very well tied to reality, right? So when they're criticizing you, when they're judging you for the clothing that you wear, right? That might be a sign that the toxic person is actually feeling insecure, like insecure about their own uh, clothing choices or their own body image or that sort of thing. Right. So that judgment that they're making about you telling you that like you're wearing clothes that don't fit or your clothes are so boring or your clothes are, are too tight. Right. Whatever their whatever their judgment is, that judgment's probably not really based in you and your behavior. It's primarily based on something that they feel about themselves right toxic people might in this case feel nervous about their clothing choices so they are projecting that onto you and they are giving you the cruel judgments that they are trying to save themselves from right so judgments fill our space when we are dealing with toxic people and there's this really unfortunate thing that happens which is that we internalize this judgmental voice we internalize it. So and this is part of this is part of the goal for most toxic people, they actually want us to do this. So what happens is, you know, we spend all of this time with toxic people, we're constantly bombarded with these judgments. And maybe at first we don't agree with every single judgment that's handed to us, but over time, you know, we associate putting our clothes on in the morning with the judgments of the toxic person. Or if like the toxic person judged your haircut every time, we go get our haircut. Like we hear the toxic person's voice in our own head. We hear that judgment that they threw at us. Right. And so we internalize those messages and then we end up doing the toxic person's work for them. Right. So now we have like a set of judgments in our mind that came from the toxic person and we, through the training that they gave us, right. We will hit play for whatever particular judgment applies to whatever situation we're in, so that now the toxic person doesn't even need to be in the vicinity in order to um, engage in those kind of verbally abusive tactics, right? So that's a totally normal thing to have happen as a survivor. It sucks. It it's terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> like, let's be honest. It's the worst. It's the worst when you are literally doing the work of these people for them you know, just because you, you heard it so much, you heard it all the time. So that is an extremely judgmental space, right? That is a, it's a very harsh space to exist in. But what I want to suggest to you is that we need to make a transition as the survivors of narcissistic abuse. And you might be able to make this transition while you're still living with toxic people. If that's your current situation, you might need, to get to a place where they are no longer in your immediate space, right? This is going to be your your judgment call when you're ready to pick up this strategy. But I think we need to shift from living primarily in a space of judgment, right, that's where we start. I want us to shift to a place of a radical curiosity. Okay, so a judgment is kind of the final conclusion of I mean, in a perfect world, <laughs> this is not what toxic people are doing. But when judgments are reasonable, right? In philosophy, we talk about reasonable judgments, right? What, How that's supposed to work is we're supposed to go through this kind of data collection phase where we're learning, we're exploring the topic. We're learning how it works. We're curious about how it works. We take all of that information in, then we synthesize that information and we produce a judgment about the situation. That's ideally how reasonable judgments come about. They are the product of doing all of this work, trying to understand and learn about the situation and and make decisions about what we think about the situation. That is the work you should do if you're going to make a reasonable judgment. Now, I could tell you, like, let's shift to trying to make reasonable judgments and let go of the toxic person, but I don't think that's going to work, honestly. In a perfect world, if I could just flip your switch and have you immediately, like, see and hear and smell and taste when a judgment is complete BS and when a judgment is actually based in something real, something substantial, something true about reality, I would love to do that. I'd love to flip that switch for you. But when we have been abused for so long, um, I don't don't really think that's an option that's available to us. However, I do think we can make a transition from being in a judgment-filled environment to a radically curious environment. And that's going to be reflected both in how we think internally about ourselves and in how we interact with people outside of us. So what I want to do is take a quick word... From our sponsor. And when we come back, I really want to explore what radical curiosity is and how it might help us on our healing journey as we transition from that judgment space to a space of radical curiosity. So here's a word from our sponsor. So I want to focus in on our internal world to get us started. Now, as I described it, right, toxic people would give us these cruel judgments that were unfounded in data. They would repeat them to us so often that we internalize them. And so when we typically, when we are coming out of a narcissistic, abusive environment, we are now left with the echoes of this narcissistic person's um, (laughs) judgments, their BS judgments, right, echoing through our mind. So what I want to do when we when we notice, right, in those moments where we actually notice that we are um, rehearsing some of those judgments, right, I want us to shift gears. Typically what I see survivors doing is they just pick up that same habit of kind of harsh judgments and they just turn it on themselves, right? So it started off with, um, you know, your your toxic mom telling you, that, um, the, you always wear bad clothing. You always look stupid in your clothes. Okay. Like maybe that's the kind of judgment she handed out. And then what happens is we end up taking ownership of that judgment, um, as survivors. So what we end up saying is like, I think I always look stupid in my clothes. Right, we take it on. It started off as something external. It started off as the opinion, basically, of a toxic person in our life. But then we come to judge ourselves in the same or similar ways. And just like the toxic person, right, the toxic person does not do this um, exploration, right? They don't do this part of the process where you really need to think about the data, think about the information in front of you. And through that exploration, come to a, a perspective, an opinion, a judgment about what's going on in that situation. Toxic people didn't do that. And I noticed that survivors tend not to do that either. Survivors tend to jump, right? They really quick jump right into a criticism of themselves. And... I understand why cuz that's the behavior that was modeled to us by toxic people especially if you had toxic parents, right? Um or even a toxic sibling. Right? You you saw that that process unfolding a lot. And I think there's this fundamental thing about philosophy that can help you resist that. And what I want us to notice is that a judgment, a criticism is not reasonable, it is not valid unless there has been this exploration process. Okay. And that exploration process is primarily fueled by curiosity. We need to get really curious about ourselves, about our situation. So let's, let's take the clothing example. Okay. So, um, Toxic mom used to tell you that you look stupid in your clothes. You now believe you, you've internalized this idea that I always look bad in my clothes. Okay, but let's try some radical curiosity. First of all, let's explore, well, what kind of clothes are you wearing? Is it, is it something a lot of people wear? Is it very unusual clothing? Have you ever seen another person wear those kinds of clothes? Did you think that they looked bad or they looked stupid? Right. So we want to do some comparison. We want to ask like, oh, well, do you like your clothes? Are you enjoying wearing your clothes? Like, is it important really if other people think something about you because of your clothes? Right. Do you enjoy the experience of putting those clothes on? Do you like the way the clothes feel on your body? Right. These are all like exploration questions. We're trying to understand the situation. We want to know more. Okay, so so how are you relating to your clothes? Is the problem really that you look stupid? Is is the problem maybe about something else, like you don't actually like the way they feel, or maybe they're the same kind of clothes you were wearing around, um, you know, when you were around toxic people, and maybe, you know, it's time for a change for other reasons. We need to get really curious. We need to explore, Right. And we need to notice when we're giving ourselves these harsh criticisms, we're in this really judgment kind of space. We need to notice it's okay to have judgments. Okay. Maybe it is true that you did something wrong, or maybe it is true that like you, you made a mistake. I'm not going to rule that out. We're all human. We all make mistakes. But before we can jump into that and decide, yes, you have made a mistake or yes, your clothes look bad or yes, you've done something wrong, right? Before we can do that, it is absolutely necessary that we explore, that we get really curious, right? So before we, you know, we put on our judge clothes and we grab our gavel and we say, yep, worst person ever. That's who Louise is, right? Before we make that judgment, we need to have the trial, we need to have an opportunity to explore and get more information and see, like, okay, would it, you know, is it possible that there's something else going on about their clothes? Is it possible that maybe the styles have just changed? Is it possible that, like, at the end of the day, you don't even really care what people think about it, right? We need that exploration. And that's where radical curiosity is going to come in. Now, remember, radical curiosity is a gentle kind of curiosity, it's not aggressive, right? We are, we have not made our judgment in advance. Okay. We have not decided, yes, your clothes are terrible. You are terrible for wearing them. Let me ask a bunch of questions that, so like with this tone that I already know the answers, right? We don't want that. We want authentic, radical curiosity. We want you to get out there and act like you are a curious eight-year-old kid. Right? 8-year-olds don't don't have a lot of judgments formed the way somebody who's 45 does, right? Hopefully this 8-year-old doesn't have a lot of judgment around them. I mean, if you had toxic parents when you were 8, you did, but you know, let's imagine an 8-year-old who has a very loving family, right? There's a kind of innocence there, there's a kind of curiosity there. That's what we want. And I think as survivors this is something we desperately need. We've got to find a way to go from that space that was pure judgments all the time, cruel, harsh judgments dished out to us by people who claimed that they loved us. We've got to move from that to this other space. And I think that the way to do that is to one, notice when you start to articulate criticisms or judgments about yourself. Notice that you're doing that, okay? Two, ask yourself, have I explored this before? How how many questions did I ask before I came to that judgment? Okay, so find out, have you explored this? Is your judgment reasonable? Did you go through that process of asking questions and getting to know the territory before you came to your conclusion? Okay, and if you have not done that, you need to go to step three and you need to practice some radical curiosity. You need to explore, explore, explore. Think of all the questions you could possibly ask about that judgment, right, about that topic. And really try to see like, is this a judgment that's coming from me? Right, if I looked at all this information about how I feel about my clothes and how other people perceive me in my clothes, If I looked at all of this, would I agree with the judgment that I was previously making? If those things are not in alignment, there's a good chance that that judgment you were making was coming from somewhere else, right? It might be coming from directly from the mouth of a toxic person, something you've just internalized. It might be coming from um, just a general habit you have of thinking negatively about yourself because toxic people trained you to do that. right? We want to notice because what we want is in, in you know on the road to healing, what we want is to hold on to the judgments and criticisms that serve us, right? because it's it's just a fact. you're you're screwing up in some way right now. So am I. I'm screwing up in this very moment. <laughs> I don't exactly know how i can I could guess. You are human. I am human. We are making mistakes. There are valid criticisms of each of us at any moment. So we don't want a system that makes us like immune to those criticisms, right? Because that wouldn't be good. Sometimes a criticism can help us grow. But as the survivors of narcissistic abuse, we tend to over criticize ourselves. We tend to hold ourselves in these really negative judgments most of the time. And Instead of continuing that habit, right? Because it will continue long, long after the toxic person is no longer in your space unless you actively try to address it, right? I think the, the antidote to this, the antidote to like just constantly negative judgments and criticisms and thinking really poorly of yourself is to shift to a place of authentic, genuine, radical curiosity. Ask all the questions. Don't say it has to be like this or it has to be like that. And, you know, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. Okay. It is hard. We are trained as human beings. You know, when we're little, we naturally have this kind of curiosity. It just, we don't, we don't try to do it. It just comes to us, right? We want to know about everything. We want to know how everything works and we want to know why everything is there. And, you know, we're just so excited, but we learn quickly that it's annoying to adults. Right. The, the adults are tired of the little kid asking why, 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 why or how, how, how right? it gets annoying to people. So we learn as kids like, OK, it's bad to ask these kinds of questions. OK, I shouldn't ask that sort of stuff. And over time, as we get busier, as we take on more responsibilities in life, we get further and further away from this very natural, very human thing that we do which is radical curiosity. And the best part of radical curiosity is it can bring playfulness into a difficult space, right? You're probably gonna be able to come up with questions about the topic you're exploring that maybe don't have really clear answers or are like really big questions and make you think a little while, right? And that can be fun too, right? We don't have to have every single answer to every single thing. We can play with it. You're human. We're finite. There's stuff we don't understand, and that's okay. That's part of us too. Right? And you know, children tend not to get upset or stressed when they don't have every answer, right? In general, they they just they like they like asking. They like learning. They like knowing about it. Right? So there's playfulness in this space. And that's one of the reasons I think that radical curiosity is so potent for the survivors of narcissists, because the judgments that came from the toxic people in our life were so negative, so laden with that person's insecurity and their cruelty and all of this dark, dark stuff. And we, we tend to carry that darkness with us. You know, even when that person's not around, we carry it with us. But if we can turn instead or take that same kind of energy and move towards radical curiosity, we have an opportunity to transform what was darkness and heavy and judgmental and harsh into something playful, into an opportunity to explore, an opportunity to connect to our humanness, an opportunity to connect to our inner child and play again. There's so much value in that. And if you can build it as a habit, right, where, you know, you really try to make yourself aware of when you are making a judgment about yourself and checking in to make sure that you took some time to explore to ensure that that was a reasonable judgment, right? You make sure to practice some radical curiosity before you fully accept the judgment that you are dishing out. If you do this often enough, you will build a habit of radical curiosity. And the most beautiful thing about this habit is it will prevent you from accidentally repeating the darkness, the harshness, the cruelty of the judgments that toxic people dished out. You're going to no longer be doing that to yourself. You're going to let go of those internalized judgments because as they start to come up, you get to go into this happy, playful, curious state, right? And that will take away their negative power. And that's true even if at the end of the day, you still agree with the initial judgment you made, right? Even if you agree, yeah, I actually do look stupid in my clothes. I think that's probably not true for anyone. Like, I just want to put that out there. But like, let's say you do your exploration, you play around with the ideas and you think, yeah, I really do. Right. Even if you decide that, that is now a decision that that you have made. That is a judgment that you have made based on your thinking, based on your exploration, based on what feels right to you. It is no longer the toxic person. It's no longer a product of darkness. Right now, it is a product of of you and your thoughts and your ideas. And that's what we want, right? We want to remove, we want to purify, we want to create space away from toxic people. They have taken up too much. And it is time for you to be the leader in your own thinking. Right. So that's this is my thoughts on radical curiosity. Um, this is something that's really fundamental, the philosophy. Um, you know, a lot of times philosophers joke that we're basically like, we're those kids when, you know, you're eight and you're asking all those annoying questions, we just never stopped, right? And then we like made a career of doing that kind of thing, right? So um, not that all philosophers are very childlike, but in this one particular way, this is this is a fundamental part of philosophy, right? Is to be curious and to be willing to ask interesting questions. And I think when we direct it inward, when we practice radical curiosity inward, it can really help us enjoy our process more, enjoy playing with ideas. And ultimately, for survivors of narcissists, it can help us let go of some of the internalized darkness we picked up from toxic people. So I hope that you found this helpful. Like I said, this is a this is a new... Um, I don't know. It's not like a new thing in my life or something. I've been practicing radical curiosity for a long time, but this is the first time I tried to explain it in these terms. So if you found this episode helpful, I'd love to hear about that. Um, You can email me, Dr. Louise, at empowermentthroughthought.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram. I'm just at empowermentthroughthought. Thanks so much for listening and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.